everybody welcome to the true crime squad i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in crime katie weaver hey katie hello how's it going oh it's going going just fine well good to hear good to hear what's your day like you had a good day yeah i got a haircut went grocery shopping yeah really <laughs> got, thrilled with life. got a haircut got a haircut this is as oh, short as my hair has been in Probably 20 years, so. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> hair grows. Hair grows. It's hair fine. Does grow. Yes, it does. Yes, it's it good. There was a lot of damage stuff. I, medication has just raised hell with my hair. So it's good, but it's still a little bit of a, you know, when you cut your hair and then you look in the mirror and you're like, who's that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do. But yeah. I don't know. Hopefully it'll grow on you. Oh, it will. And it will grow too. But uh, It will. Most definitely. So. It's fine. It, it's good. But yeah, I hate getting my haircut. I hate it. And I'll go way too long without a haircut. And so when I finally do, it's stupid, you know, but this is, I just hate getting my haircut. Not a fan. Spoken <sighs> by yeah. a barber's daughter. I don't know. I know. Weird, huh? But I just, there's, it's almost, it's trauma to me. Like I, I don't like it. It's upsetting. I don't know what it is, but this, <laughs> this poor mop needed some real help. So I mean, it's good. It is good. But uh, luckily my sister's bought me a gift card to get my haircut for my birthday so that, uh, you know, I'd have to just go get it done. <laughs> well, you keep saying, I really want to go get my haircut. I really need to get my haircut. So we thought, hey, how about we help you out with that and give you a gift card for your birthday? Definitely one of those things I want to put off. <laughs> so it's good. It's fine. It's probably fine. But it's Other than that, fine. I'll bet. Bought groceries and talked to a lot of clients. Wow. The new moon today uh, has people feeling all kinds of weird. So, yeah, uh, really yeah. just a busy work day mostly. Yeah. What you've been uh, doing all day? Uh, me too. Pretty busy. Talked to a lot of clients. And Rhonda texted me at lunch and said, Hey, let me come get you and take you to lunch. I was like, uh, Yes, please. <laughs> Don't have to tell me twice. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. So, you know, it's Monday. What can you yeah. say about Monday other than I got through it? I got through mm -hmm. it. Well, well we have a. Mars was like, she's like, I really want Indian food for dinner. So she made peas Ooh. paneer. So Ooh, yum. Right? Yeah. Only my favorite, most favorite right? Uh, Indian dish. No argument here. Yeah. No, lovely. All right. Well, we have a jam packed. Mm. night for you or i shouldn't say night i don't know when you're gonna watch this uh episode <laughs> for you we've got well we've got some pretty crazy shit going on in the uh we do crime world right now and before we hit it too hard i really have to give a shout out because uh well she deserves it but a week or so ago my daughter matea had said mom there is a serial killer situation going on in Oregon and you need to cover it. And I was like, oh, I researched it a little bit. And I'm like, authorities are saying it's not. I'm like, oh, I don't want to stretch too far. She's like, no, you're crazy. And then she sent me another death a few days later. She's like, you really need to cover this case. Well, we haven't gotten there yet because of, you know, everything else in true crime going on. And 
my like god because, here we are so and because it was said publicly that this was not a serial killer case yes. yeah. and to everyone please calm down and stop freaking out on social media all the and, while that they had him in custody but anyway we'll get there they have changed their tune so we will get there yes but i do have to give her a shout out because she absolutely new and has been more than disgusted with us that we haven't covered this yet so matea here we are well and thank good you call, Madeline. We're <laughs> That's All right. right. Well, I know you're going to kick us off with a little bit of true crime news. Yeah. Well, if you haven't already heard, uh, be prepared for a gut punch. Mm-hmm. Michael Turney was acquitted today. Yeah. Uh, right after closing statements, the prosecution or the defense had filed for a rule 20 evaluation from the judge, which essentially is just the judge taking a hard look at the case and deciding if they have really proved their case, if they've provided enough evidence, if they've met the burden of proof. And the judge decided they had not and acquitted Michael Turney. I was very shocking for the families in the courtroom. Uh, It's, it's horrifying. Yeah. Breaks my heart for Sarah. Oh, I'm just sick. I'm so, so, so sick to try to get some justice for her sister Alyssa. Yeah, I. I mean, we when we talked about this when this when the when it started and we talked about it, we said then we're worried. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Alyssa's body's never been found. There's no. no forensic evidence at all. Nothing. It's all circumstantial, and it's a death that happened. You know. A yep. long, long time ago. Yep. And but it's terrible to to think that we've gotten to this point. The jury didn't even get to deliberate. The judge made that decision before. Yep. And yeah, it's heartbreaking. It is. People are very, very upset, uh, hurt, and worried because Michael Turney, uh, regardless of the fact that he was acquitted in this crime, has a very troubling past with crime sure does. and uh people are very worried for sarah's safety and and i think that mm-hmm. is not unfounded now he is a pretty debilitated mm-hmm. old man at this point mm-hmm. now and as of two hours ago he still hadn't actually been released from uh from the jail but we don't know i mean he he will be released shortly because he's acquitted he's a free man yeah and it, it's just a shock I, I wish it would have at least made it to the jury. I really do. I They did yeah. have some evidence. It's not like they had nothing. They did have some evidence of yeah. his uh, wrongdoings and suspicious and shady stuff. It's not like there was nothing. But, uh, you know, the judge didn't feel like there was enough. So it's sad. With nobody. It's, it's tough to. It is. That's tough and, to prove. There's no proof. The, the one that really got me, though, is the statement that there's no proof that she's not alive somewhere. Well, bro, there's no proof she is alive somewhere. Right. She walked away from her entire life at 17 years old and has right. never reached out to anyone in her family or that she grew up with. And it's not like they've been that hard just to find. not real. Right. Sarah has had a huge presence on social media regarding right. her di- disappearance. I mean, come on. It's yeah. just so awful also uh some of sarah's uh testimony one thing that she said that really stuck out to me in 2017 she 
tried to push him for real answers about this case. And Michael Turney told her that he would confess on his deathbed or he would confess if they agreed to give him lethal injection within 10 days. Yep. Is that what innocent people say? No. It you know, he got away with something. And, and I, I'm just heartsick for Sarah. Sarah left the courtroom, left the courthouse without a statement to anyone. She just, you know, had I to get the hell did. out of there, I'm sure. Yeah. Can't even imagine what she's feeling. So we want to send all of our love to her and her siblings and her family and anyone else who has been hurt by this case. Uh, you know, our hearts are with you guys and we're just as sad and horrified as you are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Or I guess we should just say we're, we're, we're sad and horrified along with you. Yeah. Yep. All righty. Well, also really disappointed that the judge didn't just dismiss, dismiss, dismiss without prejudice rather than acquittal. Acquit. Yeah. Yep. So there's no chance to go back and try this again? No. No. I, I don't know if there'll be any legal remedy now. There isn't. After acquittal, that would be double jeopardy. Well, I just, if there's any, uh, my thought had been, and, and someone had asked me today, would, could there be any civil remedy? Like, could she, could Sarah sue him for wrongful death of her sister? I mean, yeah, technically she could. could, where he was acquitted, she's going to have a harder time proving that. But, uh, you know, look at OJ. There's a possibility. Right. There. I mean, it's, it's different. The laws are different. It's different requirements. Yeah. So, so it's possible be very surprised if she did but it is possible yeah mm -hmm. yeah so with that i'm going to kick it over to you for our main case which is some serial killer news yeah so as katie alluded to we are going to be talking about what is now officially a serial killer case in oregon there has been a lot of fear, a lot of concern, a lot of chatter on social media for several months now Yeah, that there is a serial killer in Oregon. Mm -hmm. And uh, a month or so ago, officials came out with a big statement. Everybody calm down. Stop freaking out. There's no serial killer. There's no connection between any of these cases. They were talking about the deaths of six women. Well, today, there was a joint release put out by investigators and prosecutors from multiple law enforcement agencies yeah. that have been working together. Uh, they're in Northwest Oregon and that they have determined that there are links between four cases, Kristen Smith, Charity Perry, Bridget Webster, and a Ashley Real. Let me show you pictures of these girls. So that is... I thought I had their names and now I can't remember. That's Kristen Smith. This is Charity Perry. Let's see. This is Bridget Webster. And this is Ashley Real. And what they are saying is that there are similarities in their deaths that they now believe make them linked. 
What those similarities are, we really don't know. There's yeah. very little released about their actual murders. Their causes of death are not released. Their anything really about the state of their bodies is not released. They I mean, most of these weren't even this. classified as homicides up to this point, right? Right. Most of them were still, they were still working on them. Yeah. Right, right. And they're still holding all of that information uh, yeah. very close to the chest. But there are nine law enforcement agencies in Oregon working on this case right now. Mm -hmm. They are Gresham Police Department, Portland Police Bureau, Multnomah County Sheriff's Office, Multnomah County District Attorney's Office, Clackamas County Sheriff's Office, Clackamas County District Attorney's Office, Polk County Sheriff's Office, Polk County District Attorney's Office, and the Oregon State Police. Yeah. So they have a suspect and they do have a suspect in custody, although he is not yet charged with these right. murders. However, he doesn't have to be uh, because let's right. tell you a little bit about him. Um, very interesting. Uh, the, the situation around this particular guy is pretty interesting. His name is Jesse Lee Calhoun. This is Jesse Calhoun. As you can see, he's got a history of resisting arrest. And he uh, mm -hmm. did have to be, um, what did they say? He jumped in the river when they went to arrest him. And he had yeah. to be subdued, was the word they <laughs> used, in order to get him into custody but he is in custody let, let me tell you a little bit about him and why he's they can hold him even though he's not been charged yet yeah so um calhoun is 38 and he is among about a thousand inmates who were granted clemency allowing them to leave prison early this was during yeah. the pandemic this right. was governor kate brown and she released as many people from prison as she could uh, right. to protect people from the virus, um, especially people that were high risk. Or there was a big wildfire in yeah. 2020 in uh, Oregon. And the firefighters, basically, they used up all the firefighters they could get. Yeah. And they were all exhausted. So there were inmates that were put in to go out on the front lines and fight fires. And those inmates qualified for even uh, even earlier release. Right. And uh, Calhoun is one of those. So he was released early, but this was a conditional uh, clemency. It didn't mean that he could you know, never be put back in prison for the things he'd done. If he started getting in trouble, uh -huh. then he would in fact you know, go back. And that's right. what's happened. And he's been on parole. Yeah. So they arrested time. him on a parole violation. Uh, so he is at the Snake River Correctional Institution in Ontario, Oregon, which is just barely across the Idaho-Oregon line. Yeah. Um, at this point, he has not actually been charged with the murders, but it is expected that he will be pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you a little bit about him uh, because he's had a pretty colorful life so far. He was He's known as an artist who uh, had been earning his living by painting designs on vehicles. He has a very long record of felony convictions starting in 2004. 
Yeah. Um, in 2018, he was arrested with meth, several guns, and more than 500 rounds of ammunition. Um, the uh, Multnomah County Sheriff's Office called him a prolific thief and career criminal. <laughs> you think? Yeah, you think? So his most recent convictions were in November of 2019. Um, he pleaded guilty in separate in some different several different cases to a bunch of felonies uh burglary unauthorized possession of a stolen vehicle injuring a police officer and a police dog so he had a bunch of felonies and he was in prison for those he was serving four concurrent sentences the longest of which was 50 months um and so his projected release date with good behavior would have been june 30th of 2022 he got out July 22nd of 2021 yeah. uh, because he went and fought fires. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, he seemed to have really fallen off the side of the planet, really. He, you know, had maybe had some some violent felonies, but not this kind of violent felony. Yeah. So there have been the bodies of six young women found this year in Oregon. Kristen Smith was found February 19th in Southeast Portland. Joanna Sparks was found April 11th in Ridgefield, Washington. Charity Perry found April 24th at Ainsworth State Park in East Multnomah County. An unidentified woman uh, who we think is indigenous was also found on April 24th in Lentz. Um, the police, the uh, Portland Police Bureau say they don't suspect foul play in that one. But I think at this point, we can't really. Right. Anything we, we don't believe you right now. We Yeah, just it's a little tough to tough to take here. Yeah. Uh, Bridget Webster was found April 30th in Polk County and Ashley Rial was found May 7th in Clackamas County. So you can see that part of the problem here is these were not all found. These, these bodies were all found in different places all right. over the state, which is what has um really been the problem yeah uh you know there was a on june 4th the portland police bureau issued a statement and they said uh ppb has no reason to believe these six cases are connected right um and why do y'all think the people were saying they were because they're true crimers right they called them online sleuths but yes yes, yes. it was but true crimers that were saying what the hell is happening here yeah how can this many women go missing and their bodies be found in this short amount of time yeah so what happened is that we don't know if when they made that statement they didn't know a connection and now they do or if they were just trying to throw us all off at the time hard to say but at some point around early july there was um, a request to the governor's office. The governor um, is now Tina Kotek. And she, so she has the authority to end any of the commutations that were made by uh, the previous governor. So there was a statement made to her by law enforcement um, saying that there was a real serious issue with Calhoun and they felt like his commutation needed to be revoked because it was very possible that he's a serial killer. Yeah. And so they did that on July 3rd of 2023. Uh -huh. uh, on June 6th, um, officers from 
a lot of the agencies that have been working on this um, went to arrest Calhoun. So Calhoun is six foot four and 266 pounds. He's a big dude. Yeah. And he has a history of resisting arrest. He's known to resist arrest. Yeah. So he jumped into the Willamette River in Milwaukee and tried to escape when they tried to arrest him. Um, they did uh, subdue him and arrest him on a parole violation that they have from June 6th in Clack Clackamas County, which is where one of the women were found. Yeah. At this point, they're connecting four of those deaths to him. We don't know what the connection is. Um, it may have something to do with their cause or manner of death um, or how their bodies were dumped. We, there are a lot of things we don't know because that information has been held very tightly. It's mm -hmm. not been released. And, and it won't be, well, so this is what I'm afraid of. I think there's going to be a grand jury indictment. So oh, likely. We maybe won't see an arrest uh, affidavit on him. Uh, we may not. Which sucks. Yeah. But. Um, so he's actually in a state prison, and that state prison that we were talking about in Ontario, which is near the Idaho border. Mm -hmm. um, he, so he won't be sitting in jail. He is back in prison to serve the yeah. rest of his time, which mm -hmm. gives them some time mm -hmm. to put this together. And I agree that I think it's really likely that there's going to be um, a grand jury indictment, which is probably why he's not charged yet with these. Mm -hmm. And we could be wrong about that, but it does seem that, you know. Oh, I hope we're wrong. That's what that's kind of what they're waiting on. But, you yeah. know, I, I desperately hope we're wrong because I cannot wait to read the arrest affidavit. If there is one. Right. If there is one. But because of so, the roundabout way that this is all happening, if there's a grand jury indictment, we're probably not going to see shit. Probably not. Yeah, not for a while. But I think one thing that we can say is that Calhoun is off the street. And it's obviously a good thing that he yeah. is. So let me tell you um, a little bit. We don't, we don't know a lot about even what's happened in all of these cases other than these women right. went missing and their bodies were found. But here's what we do know. Um, Kristen Smith's body... She was reported on December 22nd of 2022, and she was found on February 29th. Uh -huh. Charity Perry was found uh, in a culvert near East Historic Columbia River Highway on April 24th. Uh -huh. uh, Bridget Leanne Webster, uh, 31, was found six days after that, six days, so April 30th. Uh -huh. um, Ashley Rial. She was more reported missing on April 4th and was found by the po Portland Bureau of Police in a wooded area in Clackamas County. Yeah. So the Oregon State Medical Examiner's Office is still working to, term to determine how the these victims were killed. And we think that that's where the link is, that they know something that links these four deaths together. And of course, there are two other deaths. But initially, you know, the one death for sure, the uh, Portland police are saying that they do not suspect foul play in that one. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I don't know if this is really going to lead to more bodies uh, um, assigned to him or not. Right. But obviously things that we're thinking about are DNA, cell phone pings, as right. well as like motive uh, or yeah. matter of death uh, in all of them because, yeah, something's right. linking them. 
that is obviously compelling. Yeah, something is enough to, at this point, for them to actually come forward and say that these four cases are linked. They've got something that they didn't have before. Yeah, indeed. So, um, you know, I think that we all keep speaking up in these situations. Yeah. I think that everybody needs to not shut up, even with the when the police tell us that we should, because they're not always right. And no. we also have to remember that they have to be able to prove it. That's what we know it by seeing it happen and go, how can six women go missing in this such short amount of time? You know, right. Can't but we they at have least to be consider able to... a serial killer. Yeah. Right. But they have to be able to prove it. And that's where we don't always fall in the same place. But it doesn't mean that, you know, people in the true crime community speaking up about things like this doesn't give somebody an idea that maybe they ought to be looking at connections between these cases. Exactly. I don't think that's a bad thing because and they I have now like, found a link. Yeah. I don't like the pat on the head. Settle down, silly women. Right. You're fine. Well, because and it was they a weren't little fine. Bit of, settle down and there's really nothing to be afraid of right now yeah one of the statements that was made um by the bp pbp community we want to provide reassurance that the speculation is not supported by the facts available at this point that was on june 4th mm-hmm. now don't be telling women who know full well that we are always at risk not be worried when women are getting killed right sorry buddy but that does not fly no we will be worried and we will be questioning things like this and fortunately we are in a position now to be able to speak up about it right yeah so yeah the whole the yeah the hand patting and the implying we're all just you know Uh freaking out and i mean that's bullshit because Uh clearly people were right Right. It really makes me question the, the whole thing that's going on in Austin, Texas. Same issue where right. people just keep falling in that lake and drowning. Weird. Right. Um, you know, I don't know what they're up to, like six or seven bodies now. It's, it's not it's too much. It's too much for Way it to be a coincidence. Much. So but I do think we have to continue to speak about these things. But to yeah. recognize that law enforcement is always going to err on the side of caution and they're always going to err on the side of what they can prove and can't prove. Right. I mean, they have a job to do. They have the law to follow. We get that. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course. But it doesn't mean we're going to be quiet if we're, if we have fears because they're, these were very much founded. So let's just look at his ugly face one more time. This is Jason Lee Calhoun. Hmm. And they thought his lip was given to him when he was trying to resist arrest. I'm going to assume so because this is the mugshot that he was given when he was rearrested and went directly back to prison. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, exactly where he ought to be because whatever of his sentence was commuted, mm-hmm. he still has to serve because they did right. find a parole violation that they could hold him on. Right. And it was about 12 time. months. So. Yeah. And then when they charge him, he will definitely have no bail. And will be held, you know, so he's not getting out. And I think at least I hope that that helps women in Oregon and in Idaho feel Mm -hmm. a little more comfortable, a little safer that this school is off the street. Yeah, but in cases like this, I always, maybe I've just watched too many psych episodes, but I... (laughs) 
you always worry about a copycat, you know? Right. It's, it's true. That possibility is there. And there are still a couple of other deaths that are at this point as yet unexplained. Yeah. And that's a concern as well. Yeah. So, But I think we all keep speaking up and we don't listen to the poo-pooing of concerns because mm-hmm. the legal system works for us. That's They're right. our employees. And I know that police officers do not like it when we say that to them. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that directly to a cop anyway, but it is no, the truth. That doesn't need to be thrown in anyone's face, but as the public, feel unsafe, right? And the justice system so. should not be, uh, shouldn't be guarded from us being able to know what's going on ever. Right. Gatekeeping yeah. the justice system is not the way it was intended to be, and we right. do have the right to say things. We have the right to ask questions. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we will be following what happens with Calhoun and we will be keeping you up to date. But at this point, that is what we know. Yep. Okay. I'm going to kick the mic back to you for a little bit of WTF news. Okay. Well, if this last week in true crime hasn't been completely bonkers enough for you, I've got a case that will just make you shake your head. I think. Pretty sure. (laughs) Uh, This happened in Detroit on a playground. There were children playing on a playground and two little girls got in a bit of a a scuffle. Two little girls around the age of like 10 to 12 got in a bit of a scuffle. Mm -hmm. And one girl, a 12-year-old little girl, somehow had access to some kind of an acid that she threw all over an 11-year-old little girl. Oh, my God. And burned her horrifically. Oh, no. Uh, Immediately burned straight through her clothing. She ended up in the hospital in a burn unit for several days, uh, still receiving therapy, a burn therapy. Like, it did serious damage, as you would imagine, that it would. And that can't stand, obviously. No. And how, what did this kid have access to? My God. Well, we'll get there. So she has been charged now on one count of assault with intent to do great bodily harm and felonious assault as well. Mm-hmm. So she was released on a $10,000 bond with a tether, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Like an ankle monitor or something like that. Yeah. She, uh, her case will be heard in juvenile court. Uh, She's only 12. Yeah. Jeez. So grandma says, grandma was there with uh, the daughter or the, the granddaughter. She says that after these girls got into an argument that the 12 year old, mother left and came back and handed something to her oh good god that she provided it now mom has not been charged that's just the word of the grandma uh that that's what happened so i we don't know is she going to be charged and of course that's just the word well, of the party, if, but if that is what happened then she ought to be well wh- where did she what was this Right. No one's saying it. Every article I've found just says acid. Well, where does a 12-year-old but get what? acid 
Where does a 12-year-old who's playing on a playground procure some kind of acid that she throws on another child that does third and or covers her back and legs in uh, third degree burns? Right. I, you don't I just cannot have imagine. something like that with you. No. Yeah. Now, well, and luckily, if her parent did provide it, why did the parent have it with them? Like, what? Right. That's so strange. Like, who the hell's idea was this? This is the craziest thing yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah. Oh, that's horrific. So the prosecutor's name is Kim Worthy. And Kim Worthy says, this is an extremely troubling set of allegations. Instant, horrible decision-making can have lifelong effects on others. There is no excuse for this. No, right. there's not. You just cannot. No. You can't. So it happened on the playground at an elementary school. I'm assuming the elementary school is probably out for the summer, you know, and these kids were mm -hmm. playing. But uh, at any rate, uh, the victim is still healing and will be for a while. And not to mention that uh, her mother says uh, it'll scar her for life. It was a traumatizing event that took place, and she's going to remember this for the rest of her life. Yeah. Right. And she'll carry scars on her body. Yeah. Forever to remember. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, and you have to wonder, did the 12-year-old even know that what she threw on that kid would have the effect that it did? Right. You right. know, I have a lot of questions about what a kid even know what right. acid is and what acid would do. I mean, there's more to Lots of questions and none of them will get answered because it's in juvenile court, uh, as it should true. be at that age. But yeah. Yeah. But Holy if there's only. an adult that provided that to her, ooh. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. Yep. Yep. So we'll keep an eye on that as best we can, but there may not be an update. Unless wow. the victim's family continues to talk to the press, which they have done so far. So I I, haven't, I didn't put out the victim's uh, name, the family name, because they're, she's 11 years old, so I'm not going to do that. But Right. Right. And the offender is 12. I mean, their lives are really destroyed right now. They don't need more. Yeah. That's really unfortunate. Yeah. Wow. Well, aren't we just a bunch of sunshine today? <laughs> I mean, I will say I'm glad a serial killer is behind bars. Let's just oh, yeah. alleged serial killer is behind bars. That's great. We'll take it. Yes, that's we can take that little ray of light mm -hmm. from these stories today. Yeah. But good lord, people. But I'm not gonna recover from Michael Turney for a hot minute. Uh, me either. No, I am absolutely heartsick over that. I just wish that they would have waited to charge him until they had more than this. Yeah. There was a lot of pressure oh, yeah. to charge him. And just fear. I mean, he's a dangerous person. He's made it out pretty yeah. clear that he is, you know? Yeah. With the, uh, with the uh, time that he spent in prison for the explosives. For sure. And, and weapons and stuff. He's a scary dude. Yeah. That is super nice of Rico to sleep right in front of my office door. Isn't that? Keep <laughs> Thanks, Rico. Well, There's nowhere else in this house for you to sleep, apparently. Rico is a giver like that. <laughs> apparently he is. Yeah. All right. Well, this is our Tuesday episode. 
We'll be back on Wednesday with case updates. And right after case updates, if you are a member of our YouTube channel, is our watch party. So I want to tell you, we've picked the episode. So we're, we're everything we're going to do is on Netflix. So we don't expect people to jump around streaming services because unless you're um, <laughs> true crime podcasters like we are and have every ridiculous streaming service you can possibly imagine so that we can watch everything, um, you might not have them all. So we're sticking with Netflix and we're going to watch. This is Cold Case Files Season 2. And the episode is called Devil in Disguise. So we will post that on our YouTube channel and in our Facebook group. And then if you just join the live, we'll be able to tell you then as well. Um, I watched it today. Uh, It's going to make your blood boil. It really made my blood boil. And I think it's a good one, though. There's a lot of good discussion we're going to have out of that. So it's Cold Case Files Season 2, Devil in Disguise is the name of the episode. So... That will be at 815 Mountain on Wednesday night after case updates. And we will, you'll watch it on your very own Netflix, Mm -hmm. but we will leave our, we will have our live stream open with you so that we can discuss it and talk, Mm -hmm. which is really the fun of it. So we will be doing that and yeah, so lots more to come this week. So definitely keep an eye on us. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here and you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Take care.